You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. We have this last part of Who's That Lady today uh, as we close this series. Now, we have talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus. We have talked about Ruth. We have talked about Abigail. And all of those women are women that are known, are women that have uh, uh, their, their imprint in the scripture is larger than the woman we're going to talk about today. The lady we're talking about today is the last lady in this series. And she's somebody that doesn't get a lot of attention. There's only a couple of verses with her name on it. But she had a significant impact in the kingdom of God in the early church. Her name is Lydia. Now remember, when Luke wrote the book of Acts, he was writing it as the account of the apostles. He was writing it as the progression of the church after Jesus ascended. After Jesus left earth, Luke continued to write not only the gospel of Luke, but the book called Acts of the Apostles. And so we find this story on a moment when Paul, Paul is progressing in the ministry and he meets this young disciple called Timothy and he invites Timothy who uh, whose mom was a new believer and he was a new believer and he invites him on this journey uh, to follow him to become one of his apprentices and Timothy and Paul and Silas go on this trip together they come into this area in Philippi and Macedonia and we pick up the scriptures right here verse uh, chapter 16 of the book of Acts, verse 5, 4 and 5, says this. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them from observance the decisions that had been made uh, and reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. What had happened is the word of Jesus had gone out. The Holy Spirit descended upon the church, and people were coming to Christ all over. So the, the leadership in Jerusalem drew up a few decisions on how to follow Christ and what was to be done for those who were Gentiles and those who, meaning they were not Jews, and the Jews. How are those two universes supposed to coexist and to, and to continue to follow Jesus together? So Paul is on this journey finding believers, gathering the believers, but also preaching the gospel of Jesus to people who haven't heard. Of, of Jesus Christ. And the church, as, as the scripture says, is growing exponentially. They wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit forbid them, which is a really interesting uh, um, part of this scripture. And then they wanted to go to, to Bithynia, but the, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And I wonder, I've wondered in the past, why is it that God told Paul, you are not allowed to go to Asia? You're not allowed to go to this other region in, in Bithynia. And as I was studying for this passage today, I realized that there was a reason why God said no to those cities, because God had already directed them. He was directing them to a specific place to meet a specific lady so that something specific could happen in Philippi. Chapter 9, 
And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately uh, we sought to go on to Macedonia, into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So not only Paul, but this group of men uh, take sail uh, and go to Macedonia, and they headed to Philippi. And so they're in Philippi, they get to Philippi, and on the Sabbath, they try to find a place to pray by the river. And there, they found some women that were praying, and he began to preach to them. And among those women was Lydia. Now, I believe in my heart that God directed Paul and the disciples away from Asia and away from Bithynia because he wanted Lydia to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I believe that. And here, and we're going to find out today why. Let's go to the next passage. Verse 14. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Theatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Now, there's a few things that I want to highlight from Lydia that I think it's important. First is this. She was an ordinary person. Lydia had a job. She sold purple goods. She was a businesswoman. She was a worker. She was a lay person. She was a regular person. Second, she was a worshiper of God. She was seeking God. There was something in her heart that was looking for truth. There was something in her heart that was directed toward God. Her heart was open to God. And third, she opened her home. Now, Philippi went on to become an important church in the history of the early church. And this was a church that financially helped the ministry, helped the ministry of Paul. And Paul even writes a letter to them that later becomes the letter to the Philippians. It's a letter that we read, four chapters, wonderful letter. I encourage you to read it uh, over the holiday. Uh, but it, it's part of the New Testament, the, the book of Philippians. But do you know how that church began? It began right here with Lydia. When Lydia invited them to their house, that's how the church began. Now, I want to draw four lessons today. And the last three lessons are connected to the first lesson that we can learn from this woman of faith. Here's the first lesson that we can learn from this woman of faith. An ordinary seed can produce extraordinary fruit. An ordinary seed can produce extraordinary fruit. Like I said, Lydia was a laywoman. She was a regular person. She was someone who, with a job, someone with skills, someone who had bills to pay, someone who had a work schedule, but she loved God. Now you can look at your life and think of it as ordinary. You can look at yourself and think, JD, I, I don't really have anything special, anything extraordinary that makes me stand out. I'm not like that 
famous person or I'm not like that guy in my company that, that gets all the attention. Let me tell you today that an ordinary seed can produce extraordinary fruit. I, I have seen many times in my life people who have extraordinary talents and were never able to produce extraordinary fruit. But I've also seen ordinary people, everyday people like Lydia, produce extraordinary fruit, make a difference in people's lives, allow that from their lives something beautiful can be produced and come out of. I want to break that thing in your mind today that says that you can't produce something extraordinary because you have an ordinary life. Allow the Word of God to penetrate your heart today, to enter your heart today, and change your mindset. It has to, there has to be a willingness in your heart to change that perspective, that because you think of yourself as ordinary, you cannot produce something extraordinary. God has called you to do something amazing and beautiful in this time, in this season, with your life. And He's not asking you to be extraordinary. He's asking you to be you. You are unique. You have a unique set of talents. And you might think that your life is muted across the, the, the plane of relationships and people around you. But with what God has given you, He can produce something beautiful. And this was Lydia. She was just a regular person who had a disposition to go beyond the ordinary, had a disposition to do what she could. It's a matter of vision. Can you see your future without restrictions? Can you see you reaching new goals? Can you see you achieving new things? Can you see that picture that got placed in your mind and in your heart coming into fruition? It's not going to take something extraordinary. It's going to take the, take the consistency of the ordinary in your life, meaning what God has already given you, what He has already placed in your hands. How did Lydia do that? How did she produce extraordinary fruit with her life? The next three lessons will teach us how. Lesson number two, make room for God in your life. Very simple. Making room for God in our lives is something simple and ordinary, but it makes all the difference. And Lydia, she made room for God in her life. Remember that Paul found her with other women who were praying as well. She had an open heart for the things of God. It says that the Lord had opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul was saying. Now we live in a moment in history when time is the commodity that everybody's fighting for. Everyone wants your time. Your company wants your time. The apps on your phone want your time. Everything around you wants your time. Because your time can produce them money. And that's why everyone wants you to watch their series. Everybody wants you to be engaged in their games. Everybody wants your eyes to be on their product, on their uh, uh, systems. And I want to remind you today that you decide where and how to use your time. You have all the power. 
God has given you that freedom to use your time according to what you decide. He has given us that ability. And I want to encourage you to do what Lydia did, to make room for God in your life. It doesn't take a lot. It takes dedication and consistency of ordinary things. If we want to grow spiritually, if we want to see extraordinary fruit out of our ordinary seeds, we got to make time and make room for God in our lives. Now, making room for God, like I said, doesn't require anything other than you already have. You might look at your life today and think, I, I can't really make room for God in my life. I'm so busy. Yeah, you can. Because the time is yours. And it, it can be simple. Uh, we teach our kids. Our kids have their little Bibles and we teach them to go and, and read their Bibles and make room for God in that way. We pray with our kids every single day. Why? Because we're teaching them to make room for God. It's as simple as that. Let me encourage you to make room for God by reading the scriptures every single day. It'll make a difference in your life. Let me encourage you to make room for God by praying. Do not neglect your time with God. Give Him the first of your day. And you will see your day will change when you make room for God in, in, in a simple way. He will take you to that which is extraordinary. When you make room for God in an ordinary way, God will lead you to or extraordinary things. And when you make God first, God will guide you to places and you will be at the right place at the right time. Scripture says the following, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. What are the chances that Lydia would be at the right place at the right time to hear from Paul that day? What are the chances that she would be at the right spot? But why was she there? Because she made room for God in her life to follow his direction, to follow what he had to say. And what happens too often is that we make room for everything else and we try to fit God in the gaps. That's not the best way to go about this. That's not trusting God. That's not really making room for God. When we give God our best, God will lead us to His best. When we give God our best, He will lead us to His best. Trust in the Lord. Lean not in your own understanding, your own ways of seeing and doing things. And if you do that and acknowledge Him, He will make straight your paths. You never really lose the time that you give God because you will multiply that and make it better. Here's the next lesson. Lesson number three. Make room for God in your home. Now notice that she went beyond her life. Her whole household got baptized and she invited them over to her house. She allowed it. That means that she allowed her relationship with God to shape not only her thoughts but her entire life. It says in that scripture that we read before in Acts that she, she insisted that they come to his home. If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And then Luke, write, Luke writes, and she prevailed upon us. She insisted. I want this in my life. Come to my house and stay. 
If you want to get extraordinary fruit from ordinary seeds, make room for God in your home. That means God's influence, Christ's way of life, is not just something that you do on Sundays. It's not just a podcast that you listen to. It's not just a video that you watch together with your family. It's not just a church service that you attend to. God's way of life permeates every single aspect of your life in your household. It just it, it, it overflows into your life. And there's nothing really extraordinary about that. It's just you making room. It doesn't have anything extraordinary that is required of you. Simply you making room for God. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a leader, a church leader, or someone with a degree in theology to allow God to come into the spaces and places in your life and allow those places to be shaped by Him. But that's what makes a difference. That's what will cause the ordinary in your life to produce extraordinary fruit. It's a decision that you make by conviction. And everybody can make this decision. It's like Joshua saying, you choose who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. We know how we're going to live. And we live in an in, in, in age where there's a lot of pressure on you. A lot of pressure for you to fit in a certain group and absorb their identity and their mentality. Or fit in this older group over here and absorb their identity and their mentality. And some of those pressures, you, you, are, you are led to think that you don't have any choice. That's because of the color of your skin or because of the family or because of the country or because of the language you speak. You have to live a certain way. And let me tell you today, God has given you freedom legitimate freedom of mind and spirit for you to decide how you're going to live. And I want to encourage you today to make room for God in your home. Allow Him to shape not only your heart and your mind, but those around you in your household as well. And when I say household, it's not just the place that you live, but the environments that you inhabit, the places that you go. Be an influencer. Be somebody who shares the life of God where the life of God in you is not just something private that, that, that you reserve for moments of introspection, but it's something that goes out of your life where you can share. It, 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 you become a fountain of the life of God, and that shapes the, the, the spaces that you're a part of. She said, come to my house and stay. And let that be your prayer today. Let that be your desire that the joy of God may come in your, into your house and stay, that the life of God may come into your house and stay, that the presence of God may come into your house and stay. We need the presence of God. You need the presence of God in your life. Make room for it. It doesn't require anything extraordinary of you. A simple willingness to do the ordinary and say, God, this house is yours. God, my life is yours. God, my family is yours. God, my kids are yours. God, my brother is yours. God, my parents are yours. Come and stay in my life. Next lesson. Last lesson. When it gets tough, keep going. We're not promised a, world, a life or a world without tribulation. Jesus said, in the world you will have trials. In this world you will have trials. You wonder why good things bad happen to, or bad things happen to good people. Why good people go through bad things. It's because 
things can get tough when you are pursuing to do good. In the pursuit of doing good, you are going to try to influence. You're going to try to get involved. You're going to try to, to uh, uh, achieve things that will rub people the wrong way. It will offend some people. It will push some people to a place that will cause misunderstanding. And in those moments, it can be tough. It can, it can be a season of challenge. And I'm sure you've gone through seasons like that. Let me encourage you today to keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. God is for you. He is with you. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you. And if you do that, if you keep going, you will see God's presence in your life producing extraordinary things. He's with you and he's for you. This is something that happened uh, um, right after uh, Lydia invited them into her home. Her home became a house church, became a space where people came to and gathered in. And the church in Philippi that Paul writes later in his ministry from prison started in, in, in that nucleus, in that place. And when that church began in the course of ministry, Paul would walk to a place of prayer as he was staying with her, with the other disciples. And there was, there was a moment where there was this slave girl. Scripture tells us in, in chapter 16 of Acts. I encourage you to read it. I'm just going to paraphrase the story for the sake of time. But there was this slave girl that was following them and she had an evil spirit in them. And she kept yelling for all to hear. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim the way of salvation. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim the way of salvation. These men are servants of the Most High God who pro proclaim the way of salvation. She kept saying that again and again and again and again and again and again. And it was true. But she was saying it in a way that annoyed Paul. It was impeding the ministry and what he was doing. So Paul got... Paul got fed up with it and, and, and commanded the spirit to come out of her. He delivered her. It was a moment of deliverance. That evil spirit left her. But here was a problem. She was a slave girl. She belonged to men who were making money on her ability to see things. The, the spirit of divination. And when that happened, they turned Paul and Silas into the authority. Saying, these men are Jews. They're coming into our way of life. They're trying to change everybody uh, and, and preaching this way of life that's not our way of life. And he, they, they are causing, they're agitators. They're causing uh, all kinds of trouble in our town. We should arrest them. So they, beaten, they, they beat up Paul and Silas. And after they were beaten, they threw them in jail and, and put them in shackles in jail. And this is the famous passage where scripture talks about Paul and Silas singing in the midnight hour. It happened after they met Lydia. It happened after they started the church in Lydia's home. And Paul and Silas are singing in the midnight hour. And as, and as they sing, the, 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 there's an earthquake. And the, 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 the shackles from their hands and feet fall from their hands and feet. And everybody else is delivered as well in jail. And Paul and Silas begin to preach the gospel. When the jailers come back, they are appalled. 
And, and they are so afraid that the, the, the jailer is, is about to take his life. Because it's like, this is my end. And Paul yells from the inside, from inside the jail, because the doors were open at that point. And from inside the jail, Paul says, don't harm yourself, we're still here. And so the jailer comes into the jail. Paul starts to preach the gospel to them, to, to him. And he actually binds Paul's wounds and Paul and Silas' wounds, takes care of, of their hurts, and, and releases them. And so they are released. Um, and, and, and when they are released, this happens. So they, they went out of the prison and visited Lydia. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. I want you to notice that while all of those things happened, while Paul was beaten and arrested and all of the things happened to those who were following Christ, Lydia saw it. She knew it. She knew what had happened to Paul because of the way he was living. Trouble came. It got tough. She didn't quit. She didn't stop. She kept going. Even though she knew things could get tough, she kept going. And because of her dedication, because of her consistency in serving the Lord, because of her commitment to God above all else, to serving God, to building His kingdom, to, to allowing the people to gather in her home. Because she chose to do that ordinary thing. It wasn't anything extraordinary. She simply opened her home and allowed people to gather. She invited them to stay and say, stay here with us. God did the extraordinary Paul came out, came out of prison and came to visit her. And the people were gathered there in her house still. And then Paul moved on to the next city. And guess what happened? Lydia continued, continued to serve the church. I want to encourage you today that God sees what you're doing. God not only sees what you're doing, He helped you start it. He started it Himself. Look at what Paul wrote to the Philippians. I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. What is he saying? Something special began in your heart the moment you heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't stop, because God began that work, and he will complete it. So keep going. And that's my encouragement to you. Keep going. God is for you. He is with you. It might get tough, but keep going because the word of the good news that entered your heart, what attracted you to this message, and maybe you didn't even, you haven't decided to follow Jesus yet, but there is something in your heart that looks out to God, just like Lydia. You are somebody who, you, you want God in your life, and you're not sure about Jesus, but you want God in your life. Let me encourage you to, to open your heart to Jesus. To open your heart to His way. And you will see this work come true in your life. God will begin to work in your life. And He will work in your life as long as you keep going and you keep doing the ordinary. Until the day of Jesus. He will be bettering you. Growing you. And doing work in your life. He will complete it. What's your job? Your job is to do what Lydia did. Your job is to be consistent. To serve Him. Let me close with this passage also found 
in Philippians. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Let me ask you this. What are you laboring for? What are you working for? What kind of seeds are you sowing? And what kind of fruit are you seeing in your life? Let me invite you to serve God. Let me invite you to do what Lydia did. Let me invite you to pray daily, to read scriptures daily. Let me invite you to serve the church. Join a team. We're about to gear up into into our full capacity again. We're not back yet. We're not fully back yet. We're in this middle COVID season, but but we're we're gearing up. And some of you, you've been in the outskirts. You've, you've You've been isolated. And I understand we just went through a pandemic, but... As we begin to regather, let me encourage you to to reignite the fire to serve God and to change the world and and join a team. Serve God in this church because He wants to use you in in an amazing way. And we're not asking you to do anything extraordinary. We're following along with with the scriptures. God doesn't ask us to do anything extraordinary. The extraordinary comes from Him. The fruit comes from Him. He asks us for the ordinary. So let's do the ordinary for God and allow Him to bring extraordinary fruit from our lives. If you choose to serve God with your life, I promise you that at the end of your life, like Paul, you will look back and you will be proud that you did not run in vain. That's my encouragement to you. Ordinary seeds can produce extraordinary fruit. If you make room for God in your life, if you make room for God in your home, and you keep going, even though things might get tough. We love you so much. We're so glad you're with us today. We're so glad that you chose to tune in today. And I believe that by doing that, you're making room for God in your life. By doing that, you're making room for God in your home. And I want to pray for you, especially for those of you who have not connected to God yet. Let me give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Maybe you're open to God and you want the things of God in your life. Let me encourage you to open your heart to Jesus, Jesus' way of life. He is the representation of God on earth. Jesus is the representation of what a life with God is supposed to look like. So we follow His model. We follow His way. And if that's you, play this, pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my past. I give you my present and ask you to guide my future. I make you my Lord and Savior from this day forward. Listen, we love you so much. If you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Come back as often as you can. Join us in person next week if you live near this area. If you don't live near Stanford, find a good Bible-based church and be a part of that church. And then let me encourage you to give us a year of your life. Just stay consistent, doing the ordinary for God, 
serving God, even when things get tough, and you will see God begin, begin to be the number one in your life and lead you into things, and or extraordinary things will be birthed out of your life. Let me pray for you one more time. God, I thank you for every person watching, every person under the sound of my voice. And I pray, Jesus, that you may reignite their spirit for you. Reignite their hearts, Father, the fire in their hearts, the flame in their hearts to serve you, to give you the ordinary like Lydia, to learn from her to make room for you in their lives, to make room for you in their homes, God, to learn that ordinary people can bring extraordinary fruit, that ordinary seeds can bring extraordinary fruit in this world, Father, and to keep going even when things get tough. God, I bless every person in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you be with them, help them through their challenges, give them creativity, heal their body, Father, and engage them in the work that you're doing here on earth so that everyone may hear of the good news of Jesus and you may, we may live in peace and harmony as sons and daughters of God. We thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for being with us. And we'll see you next Sunday at Ripple Middle School. May God bless you.